0: It's time to roll up those joints, pack those bowls, and fire up those nails, because you're listening to
1: Blazin' with Bobby Black on Cannabis Radio. What's up guys and welcome to the final edition of Hash Month here on Blazin'. Uh, as always, I'm your host Bobby Black. And we are once again broadcasting live from the Hitman Coffee Shop in Los Angeles. So if you hear any background noise, that is on purpose. (laughs) That's probably just Dougie uh, holding court downstairs. But um, as I mentioned, we have been doing Hash Month promotion all month here in July. Um, We've had an amazing lineup of guests, Frenchie Cannoli, Marcus Bubbleman, Richardson, and uh, of course, the Hash Queen, Mila, and uh, all of whom are considered legends of the old school traditional hash scene, uh, you know, dry sieve, dry sift hash, uh, bubble hash, ice hash, all that good stuff. But of course, there's the other side of hash, the new school, there's the dab scene. And uh, of course, we couldn't let uh, hash month go by without representing that demographic, let's say. So my guest today is the man who has been credited as creating live resin along with Uh, giddy up i believe it was kind of a joint effort but um we actually spoke with giddy up last year in july for for hash but anyway my guest today is the creator of live resin he is the owner of kind bill concentrates please welcome to the show kind bill thanks bobby i appreciate having uh you having me on Yeah, I appreciate you being here. So uh, it worked out really well that we were both happened to be in town around the same time here and we got to meet up at Hitman. Pretty cool. This place is great, isn't it? Yeah, it's an amazing place to, you know, it's crazy to me how the conversations start to fly
0: when you can consume in public and you know, like minded people gather in an art space and, and be able to do this thing. Super cool really happy for Dougie that he's been able to pull it off and then it's going so well yeah and Chalice as well I mean uh, you didn't make it out to Chalice this year I did, did not you? make it out I had a, a little medical issue that kept me home this year uh, we had people you know out there giving out hats and on the ground but we uh,
1: we didn't do a booth I stayed home uh, next year for sure cool well it's an amazing event as um, I'm sure you've been to previous yes. uh, Chalice so okay, you know. it is a great event mm-hmm. So, uh, why don't we start off by just uh, giving everybody a little uh, background about yourself. Tell us, uh, you know, how did you get involved with cannabis and the cannabis industry? So, um, you know,
0: I, too, am kind of an older school guy. I have um, been growing cannabis on some commercial level off and on since 1987. I uh, learned to grow in South Florida went through the trials and tribulations of Prohibition yeah. in the South, you know, it took some, took some licks, uh, came back to, to Colorado in 97. Uh, I've been very, very much involved in the medical scene there since it, since it came on. I currently, um, am the operations director for Quest Concentrates. I own Kindville Concentrates and I, uh, operate with, uh, Rye Pritchard, uh, Concentrate Remedies which is the Concentrate Division of Natural Remedies in general.
1: Right on. <clears throat> yeah, my buddy Ben uh, works for you yes. guys at uh, Concentrate Remedies, uh, and he's uh, he's been super happy there. He said, it's, he said it's great. So tell us a little about your company, Kindbill Concentrates, and, and what type of uh, concentrates you're, you're putting out. So Kindbill um, is... Uh, we have
0: not actually released any concentrates under Kindbill yet. We're running some gardens... Oh, I and see. Uh, getting packaging correctly, um, it is the impetus of, of that brand is is the best thing. It's all live resin. It's all cultivated by me. It's all plants, not just cultivated by me, but the very best plants that we cultivate um, will make its way into that into that box. So, super exciting for me. We're trying to not just. Do what everyone's doing, really trying to set the standard of what of how good this thing can be, and uh, we're pushing it. Also, bringing it to California.
1: Um, hopefully, before Thanksgiving, we should be on the shelves. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, for the benefit of the listeners who are not uh, super up on all the terminology and, and all of the products out there, um, just give a brief explanation of what is live resin and what makes it different from other forms of concentrate. Sure. Um, live resin is a, uh, fresh frozen,
0: uh, butane hash oil. We, um, harvest the plants very quickly. We extract them very cold. And what happens there is we're able to catch a lot of the terpenes, which are the compounds that are responsible for how these things taste and smell that normally would be lost in drying. And it's maybe up to, uh, you know, a 10 times higher quantity of of these compounds that we're able to capture and maintain in the hash. Um it also just as a byproduct is something that's very easy to get clean. It doesn't hold onto the butane like some of the other hashes that would butane hash is, is harder to purge. This gets very clean very easily. Um so super happy with it.
1: It's uh as you know, an amazing flavorful uh, oh, yeah. thing for sure. Yeah, I have to say that, that uh, and I've told this story before, but uh I have to tell it again because this is a show about live resin, so I'm going to tell my first my first exposure to live resin story. Um, and it was through Giddy Up, of course. Uh mm-hmm. so it was uh, I hadn't even known Giddy Up that long. I'd only met him a few times and it was at the High Times Cup in Denver. Right. Uh I think it was 20 or 2014, 14, probably. 14. Yeah. It could be 15. I think it was 14, but it could be 15. Um, anyway, it was the big one. It was the first, like, really big Denver Cup that High Times did. And uh, we were in the main room, and I think, the, like, the mayor of the local, one of the local mm-hmm. areas was speaking on stage, and I bumped into Giddy It was the first time I'd seen him at the Cup, and I said, Hey, what's up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Hey, man. He's like, i got to show you something. I'm like, Okay. He opens it up, and, and I've always been more of a... A butter guy than a shatter guy like mm-hmm. i like the smoother consistency and i i'm not a purity guy i'd rather it's more about the flavor and, right. and the enjoyment of the smoke for me so not that i don't like shatters but anyway when i saw when he pulled the live resin out and it's strikingly visually different because it's more sugary and i right. liked i liked concentrates that auto buttered right into sugars originally and people would say oh it's auto buttering it's no good and i'm like no good super flavor stuff is amazing <laughs> what are you talking about so anyway but uh you know it looked like that but better a wow. little little you know shinier and the aroma was just like unlike any concentrate i'd ever and so of course i did a dab with him of it and that was like i was hooked immediately i'm like it's like this is called live resin blah 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 and i said Sign me up. (laughs) Like, okay, where do I start getting some of this? You know, like, yeah. So uh, that's my first uh, exposure to live resin. And then, of course, later I found out uh, that the reason that Giddyup had that was because that he and you had worked on creating this uh, new form of concentrate. Um, So that story uh, was artfully told by Your partner rye pritchard who as many of you mentioned earlier and who most of you out there will recognize from the viceland show bong appetit he's one of the stars of bong appetit so rye pritchard was the one who you know i was editing at high times at the time and i every year i was doing a Dab special a Mm Dab report issue and i was looking for good content and i really wanted to do something on live resin and it turns out that that's exactly what Rye wanted to do. So he's like, yeah, I got an interview with Kind Bill. Him and Giddy created Live Resin. I was like, absolutely, bring it to me. Let's see that story. So uh, I was very uh, happy and proud to put that story in the issue. And uh, its uh, I've gotten nothing but a great response from it. And so it's basically the story of how you guys invented it. So uh, I'm going to ask you to now, sir, to tell please the tell the story from your perspective. Because so I haven't heard it directly from your perspective, but uh, I
0: want to hear it. So, um, you know, also an amazing thing. Um, I, like I said earlier, I've been growing for a very long time. I've been making concentrates from the early days, the flower, the concentrates never had the smell that the living plants had period. We just, we're experiencing something different in the garden every day than we're getting to consume. And that was always back there in my head. I I wanted to know why, um, I've, I've. Been a hash connoisseur for a very long time, so I made a lot of fresh frozen bubble. It's probably the, the only thing I smoked, um, probably from 97 to 2010 or 12. You know, like 90% of everything I consumed was that for a very <laughs> long time. So I am very versed in, in making things cold and that, that taste better and all the different things. Um. So uh, the The actual first time that I tried to make BHO, I froze it just because I assumed that it would work the same way as freezing for um, for ice ash. It didn't work out right the first time. It was actually, we got nothing that was usable. And so that didn't happen again. And then I, you know, a few years later, I was on the forums. I saw some guys were doing some stuff with frozen material. And um, so in an open blast forum, I tried again having thought about it differently with cold solvent and um the first time that i made it i literally just didn't have anything for my trimmers to smoke and i was like fuck it would be cool to try this today so i went down and cut down some plant some material from what we were going to trim threw it in the freezer blasted it. it was amazing um still not feasible it wasn't like a commercially uh, replicable thing the yield was tiny it took too much butane um, but it was definitely now I knew this was something that could be done and that it was very good. Fast forward two years, probably, I met Giddy up through uh, some common friends, the guys that I want to cut above. We um, have been making hash together on Giddy's machine at Emotech. And one day I just asked him, I was like, hey man, can I freeze this thing? And he was like, why? And yes. And uh, then it took some time to talk some guys into giving us material to try it you know um so first time again we missed something didn't come out right we tried it again later with uh kiera rojo uh philip egg and uh the very very first run we won connoisseur's choice 2013 secret cup it was that
1: good so the first successful run you did with this new method now, we, you've had a bunch of hits and misses. Even the hits have been not not such great hits, you're saying. Right. And then all of a sudden, you, you have a, your first initial run, and you win an award. Exactly. Uh, and then we were just like, I've been
0: making my run every day since then. It literally took over my life. Like, a one-minute change. You know what I mean? Like, I was halfway across the room when getting up opening the machine. And we knew the second he opened the machine like 25 feet away never smelled anything like that before in my life never ever ever and I've been growing cannabis a long time um seen all the variations you know it it was it was uh I always get really giddy when I when I start thinking about that moment you know super cool so
1: what made the difference what made it not work to work was the machine right the machine it was the machine we could
0: could keep it cold enough we could get the solvent cold and keep it cold the machine's thick steel it works as a heat sink. All of these things um, yeah. just let us be able to do it. And then because you could recover the butane, it became financially viable to do these lower-yielding runs because um, you're not throwing away butane.
1: Yeah. So wow. it, it, it was, you know, magic pretty much. Well, the cannabis world thanks you, and we thank uh, Giddy Up for making it possible. Uh, it's amazing, you know. One of the things I've learned when the, when the whole Dab revolution started I was at High Times and uh, uh, a lot of people at High Times were kind of afraid to cover it because right. it was perceived as being very dangerous very you know like fringe kind of thing you know and they were like well we don't know if we should be promoting it or we don't want to you know encourage people you know and, and I was my argument was like I saw what was going on because I started hanging out with Doug early on like right. you know so I saw what was happening and and more than some of the management and so i was just like listen we have to cover this this is happening in the cannabis world where the where the you know voice of the cannabis world how could we ignore it like we have to cover it we don't have to promote it we can put a disclaimer and say we encourage you not to do this but we got to cover it you know so i i did you know after some persuading i started the the dab issue and stuff But we never imagined, like, you can never tell, like, how quickly and how drastically uh, some innovation is going to completely change everything you know. And that was the way it was with Debs in general. You know, just all of a sudden the entire cannabis world was turned on its head. And, like, like I said, initially some people were very anti. They thought it was... Very much. We shouldn't encourage this. This is not... But I could see right away, like, once you invent something, you can't uninvent it. Like... It's there now, and it's good, and mm-hmm. people are going to fucking do it, you know? So let's not cover our eyes and right. say, oh, we can't, you know, let's be on the forefront. But but the live resin development was definitely uh, another step, huge step forward uh, in that amazing revolution that's been going on now. S- super
0: game-changing. I mean, people are having a different conversation about flavors in a way they weren't before, you know? And now, like... I smoke this stuff so low temp that doesn't. Oh, get me, me too. Yeah. doesn't get me high at all. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, like I can get high if I want to, but I literally I have a smoking desk at home. I have my email turned super down, and I can sit there for hours and just smoke through flavors. And, and because it's so cool, a tiny, tiny bit of THC is being activated. Yeah. It's not my tolerance. It's just that I'm not getting it hot enough yeah, to, yeah. to to become active drug, and it's a whole different experience. And it's you know it's becoming normalized based on the fact that it tastes so good. You yeah, know, um, I have friends in the wine in the yeah. wine world, and they're like, "This thing is as good as any good thing. Like this is <laughs> the this is the essence of what you know cannabis can be. Yeah, just like." You know, they
1: get in some of those fine wines. It is the actual essence of what that grape has. To offer. Yeah. So, and and live resin already has its own subcategory, sauce. Yep. Like sauce is now <laughs> a subcategory. Like there's live resin, and then there's the specific type of live resin. So it's expanding, and it's probably going to continue to expand, uh, um, especially with all the innovation that's going on with people extracting and reintroducing terps and this and that, and mixing terps and adding more just you know i call them franken dabs it's just like you know you're in a lab and you're a little of this and a little more of that it's like genetic engineering almost it's it's pretty exciting and some people look at it as being like ah just give me a friggin bud and a joint paper and i'll be fine like you know i don't need all that craziness and like that's cool you know that's fine i'll i will always go back to the joint you know when when the time feels right for that but these things are, like you said, connoisseur quality. I mean, I don't see how you can like cannabis and not enjoy, especially if you do in low temp, like you're saying. You know? Right. It's, it's something that's to do. Yeah,
0: it's safe. Um, we, we make it very clean. You know, we're lucky in Colorado in that regulation has been around long enough that we figured out how to do it correctly. And we're making a safe, consistent product that I, you know, I don't lose any sleep at night about the hash that I put out. I promise. We know know that it's safe. It's awesome. Um,
1: Right. You know that any type of contaminant, anything that could possibly hurt you, a carcinogen of any kind, is gone. So there's all those concerns are out the window. And then you also have the ability to control your dosage, I think, a lot more effectively than you would with flowers or edibles. Uh, 100%. You know you can look at what you're doing, how much you're taking. You can measure it. You can low temp it. You can... You can really control it in a nice way. Or there, people are also doing them in the vaporizers, pens, and stuff mm-hmm. as well. And you can put sauce in a pen now, which is right. brilliant. And so that's even better dosage. You know, one one second, three two seconds, three seconds. You know, so it's uh, it's just a win-win all, all around. It, it
0: is. All, I love it. But, but I, won't, I, I won't take away from flowers. I, my day generally starts with a joint. And my day generally ends with a joint, you <laughs> know. And there might be one around lunchtime as well. <laughs> I uh, smoked cigarettes for many years, and I've, I'm, gratefully haven't for 12 years. But I'd love to smoke still. <laughs> so I, you know, I still smoke two, three joints a day for sure. And and man, all of it has gone so good. We we in the in the beginning of this medical craze, I feel like the quality dropped, and now. It's definitely, there's more good weed available to more people now than ever before, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, accessibility to the quality is for everyone now. And it used to be, you You know, five years ago you would have to know me or a guy like me to smoke cannabis on this level. You know, <laughs> you, yeah. you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can attest to that as a person who worked at High Times for 20 years. Yeah. I was getting, always right. getting stuff, access to stuff that none of my friends would like. Right. Like, holy shit, where did you get this? You know. And
0: now everybody, any person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I had a funny moment at a fish show where I was smoking a joint TK with this kid. And he was like, not, it, you know, he was very nonchalant about it. And I was like, wow, this is like one of the most hold-held cuts. And it used to be like back in the day you had to like know the guy for like five years before he would smoke it with you let alone sell it to you but like the dude that was holding my cut down was like you know yeah yeah only for homies i've
1: been yeah i've been very privileged and spoiled i guess for a long time having like i said from high teams because you know sometimes i've had friends ask me like well who do you buy your weed from i'm like dude I deal directly with growers. They like I don't, you know, I don't have to go to a because people are like, "What dispensary do you go to?" Like, I don't go right. to dispensaries unless I'm going there to meet somebody or something. You know what I mean? Like right. I don't really, I just don't shop retail. You know, right. like I, I know what I like and right. I know where to get it, and you know, I keep it like that. You know, and uh, I got my card and I'm good. You know what I mean? And uh, soon I won't even need the card. Yep.
0: So In Colorado, man, um, I have to buy my hash from the store. Of course, of course. <laughs> Yeah. It's so uh, seed to sale tracked. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can't be like at the lab and be like, "Oh, I like this one. I'm going to take one." It yeah. actually has
1: to go through all the testing. And, no, and but that's and good, and go man. You know, no, it's cool. I, I it's cool. There's an accountability there. I think it's something that people often overlook, at least the mainstream type of people, when they they like look, they want to like look sideways at the cannabis industry still, mm-hmm. you know. But is there any other industry that is? As diligent in self-regulating as the cannabis industry, who they are like—I'm not saying there aren't people that that don't follow the rules. There's always going to be people that don't follow us. but with very little government oversight, the cannabis industry was was getting its shit together and doing it quickly. Like Amazing. there was no tolerance for poisonous shit being out there. You know, people were called out. And the the cannabis industry people were very willingly worked with the governments in Colorado, California to help create the regulations to make sure that it's safe. They want that. All the other industries are like, deregulation, take our regulations away so we can make more money. (coughs) Cannabis is the industry with a conscience, man.
0: Yeah, it's super cool, man. I tell my guys all the time when we're doing a training, and I always start it and finish it the same way. I'm like, okay, let's remember. They're letting us grow reefer, guys you know what I mean like they're letting us grow reefer okay so Mm -hmm. we're going to weigh the trash we're going to weigh it you know we're going to do all of these crazy what seems insane steps um, and track every single gram where it goes you know the waste included and again the guys will complain I'll be like hey they're letting us grow reefer let's just make sure that we know exactly what we've done and anyone else can transparently see that we're doing it correctly yeah for and true. I have
1: faith that I have faith that the regulations as as more states become legal and more regulations get implemented, I eventually they'll arrive at something fair. Like eventually like they're still like very like, oh make sure you don't do this and but I think that you know they'll ease up socially eventually because once the generation shift happens and all the old prohibitionist people in Congress and stuff are mm-hmm. gone, you know. The generation next coming up you'll have baby boomers you know, and then you'll have millennials and you'll have all people that grew up with pot being pretty normal in their life. Not these older generation people where it was the counterculture and those are the rotten hippies and the this and that, you know. They're still so, waiting for the sky to fall.
0: And like yeah. the people that are starting to make the decisions
1: have been around it their whole lives and the sky has not fallen. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. But please stay tuned because we'll be right back with more from Kind Bill here on Hash Month on Blaze. Listening to Blazin' with Bobby Black on Cannabis Radio. company running a successful cannabis business isn't easy successful businesses need to have strong people to achieve long-term results at live advisors we believe people are the heart of business and training people can help you infinitely grow your business learn more about our offerings at liveadvisors.com next to thc and CBD. You can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com.
0: Blazin' with Bobby Black.
1: What's up, guys? We are back here on Blazin' with Kind Bill, and as you can hear in the background, he is preparing a delicious dab for us. Uh, We we already had one uh, earlier in the interview, but uh, it looks like it's time for round two. Uh, Bill, tell us a little about some of this amazing... You have a beautiful uh, array of uh, live resins and concentrates here.
0: So Let me see I've, what
1: we have I've here. brought some samples from um, Concentrate
0: Remedies from CRX. Um, we, we do a lot of blends there. We actually... Um, Rye Pritchard uh, of Bong Appetit, and it, who is the manager there, actually personally batches all of these flowers. So rye has an amazing palette and, and just knowledge base of cannabis. And so as strains come in he'll be like, oh these go together, these go together and, and he makes all of these super interesting mixes. So what I was gonna give you was this purple goji wreck, which is a goji OG and purple train wreck. Oh, wow. And uh it's not a cross, it is a blend of the two different plants. Which was the one I did before? It was also an OG. It was, it was also a mix. It was a uh, tri- uh, triangle, so TK and base off. Cool. Um, we'd love stacking the OGs together. They get way more complex when you put several phenotypes together on wow. a run.
1: And I probably look like get a little cool. That might be true. Yeah, I'm going to do a low temp. This is actually I, even big for
0: me. Yeah, it looks a little large. on No, no, it's cool. I, I'm, I just I'm a uh, waster too. Yeah. Um, cool. yeah.
1: We uh, tend to take giant globs, which makes sure that the nail cools. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's much more about quality than quantity. I don't need a giant dab. I don't need to smoke all day. I want to just in, truly enjoy it when I do it. You know. Otherwise, right. what's the point? Like, I don't want it to just be a habit or a whatever. To me, like smoking is not a frat boy competition where right. like, I can do a five, six foot bong. Can you? You know, it's like uh, no, that ship sailed a long, long time ago. For yeah. Sure. Hey, man, you know, in my day, I used to do you know, giant gravity bong hits, and we had the giant uh, graphics and the Jerome Bakers and all the all the old school I used to kill those bongs. But man, I've been smoking for thirty years, man. Right. You know, like not go
0: no, for that anymore. I can't.
1: My lungs just can't <laughs> handle it anymore.
0: Yeah, I, I, I definitely am not doing bong reps. We've been known to smoke some flowers out of a bubbler at home. Just because I like the water filtration. I think there's a health benefit. Sure. And I love glass culture. I I, mm. I feel like hash is super dependent on glass culture.
1: And it really, like, why we had this explosion is because of the glass blowers. Um, Yeah, sure. There's a big, there's a huge element to that, and that's something that Doug's done a great job of crossing over and joining. You know, he comes from the jam band festival scene. He comes Mm -hmm. from the glass scene, and then, you know, creates, uh, you know, mixes that with chalice and does that with his pieces, and 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 really just brings it together nicely. You know, and and I, the hash world and the glass world are intertwined, for sure. I like I personally. You know, like I said, I've been making
0: hash since the late 80s. But, um, my first dab was what changed it. You know, I was like, oh my God, now this is easy to do. (laughs) Because hash was never an easy thing to smoke. And, and it was messy. And the old honey oil in, in jars was just, it was messy. Um, so a glassblower, actually the guy who made this piece, um, Showed me the, like the first nail and dome that I saw. Yeah, the old nail and dome. And also gave me the butter tag um, that like made this thing so much more accessible and doable. You know, like yeah, it was not work to do all of a sudden.
1: So what else do we have here? We have so guava. Ooh yeah, that's good <coughs> stuff. I'm a big old school chem dog <coughs> fan. Being being from New York, we used to get a lot of ChemDog. dog. You know, like Ryan, one of my top strains of all time. Ryan and I
0: joke, we're like, yeah, we love all weed as long as it's chem or G. <laughs> 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 the Chem Guava, super interesting as well. It's it's sweet for a chem. It's not what I expected. It kind of caught me off guard. It's really an interesting one. I also have um, Flow's Juicy AK, which is Flow Juicy Proof and an old uh, AK forty forty seven cut. It's one of the funny things about Concentrate, um, particularly Light Resin, there's a lot of flowers that I'm just not into at all, flavor-wise. Man, when you you extract them this way, all of a sudden it's super, super interesting. I was like, you wouldn't have caught me chasing AK-47, like, last year. But I've been extracting it, and I'm like, wow, this stuff is mind-blowingly good. And we were just joking about Blue Dream as well, being one of those things that people, like, hate on blue dream Life resin could really be one of the best things you ever have it's wow. it's so interesting. i don't know super if cool. i've had a blue dream live resin but it's, it's, uh, i've it's had plenty of blue dream yeah. but super
1: interesting um what would you like would you like to try another uh i would definitely love to t- taste that cam for sure okay um so tell me about uh, the scene in Colorado. You you did mention that you're going to be coming out here a little bit more often as well, but I know that your home base is back in uh, the Denver area, right? It is. So tell us a little about the Colorado scene, like what's going on there and how it's how it's changed. Man, there's been a bunch of shakeout. There's been like two
0: times at least in the industry where there was a you know a lot of owners leaving and a lot of consolidation. So there are some bigger groups starting to have you know Mm -hmm. that are consolidating and and, and able to pull it off well. The original round of the super stores, most of them didn't they weren't able to really pull it off, keep the quality up, keep the customers happy, keep the stores full, all those things. But this Rare Dankness I think's got their shit together. I mean those guys are solid. They do. There are now several groups that have multi-stores that are pulling it off, like good. You who know, else? Who else? Who um, else would you put on that list? Uh, I, I love Sweet Leaf as an organization. Right. Sure, uh, Nicole is a boss. awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Green Dragon is a group that just came out of nowhere. That all of a sudden has nine stores. Wow. a huge greenhouse and like quality flower and amazing. Um, yeah, it's happening, man. So as as a as an owner and someone participating and who has always participated the price has gotten very low it's got, the margins have definitely gotten much thinner um as a consumer and as a patient advocate i can't complain right more people are have access it's easier to get better medicine so that part it's like a you know there's a balance there it's definitely getting harder to to make a living it's it is the most competitive
1: cannabis market probably on the planet right now wow um SoCal's about to, and, and NorCal, but SoCal's about to explode pretty soon, I think. It seems like there's a <coughs> lot of if, people migrating here from the Denver area. Big players in the game are, are starting to set up shop out here, and uh, it's exciting, man. I can't wait. I think it's going to pop off in 2018,
0: man. Yeah, I'm so, I'd
1: like, it gives me shivers
0: even talking about it. I'm so excited. I'm obviously trying trying to be relevant in Southern California, Um the market here is so large. I think there, it'll be much more interesting. I think there'll be many more different levels of quality. I think, I think that this market will encourage the finest cannabis that has ever been produced. Um, that's what I'm most excited about, I think.
1: Yeah, and what's going to change, too, is that once Cali goes full-on cannabis, it's going to affect pop culture, it's going to affect entertainment, it's going to affect—and it already is, I mean, but it's going to get a lot more intense— the same way when superhero movies became a big thing and suddenly there were superhero movies everywhere well pot is the new superhero movie it's going to be everywhere you're going to see it in movies you're going to see it in tv shows i mean even if they restrict advertising stuff they're not going to be able to stop it from pervading the culture you know and that's a good thing because we all know pot smokers are they're they're less violent people i would say nine out of ten times they're you know more understanding they're they're focused they're they they're ethical for the most part you know again eight or nine out of ten times i would say there's always bad apples but um i think it's a good thing the canification of america i love that is gonna is gonna be the california <laughs> canifornication canifornication right bob marley said this or this
0: uh plant reveals yourself to yourself right So that's one of the qualities that I love, why I am into the kind of plants that I'm into. I mean, like, you know, I'm not human. I could be impatient with people. I might, like, even every once in a while say things to a person I wouldn't be proud of. But when I get home and have a smoke, I sit down. I'm like, wow, man, I I wasn't necessarily fair to that person. And And it's, like, evident to me. And I I feel like that's a gift from this plan, where where I'm able to see my
1: good and bad. Right on. (coughs) I think that's my favorite one so far. (coughs) And I'm not surprised, because it's a chem. Awesome. Well, it's time for us to take another break, but stay tuned, because we'll be right back with more from Kind Bill here on Blazin'. You're listening to Blazin' with
0: Bobby Blair. Acapulco Gold. California Kush. Our strains stretch everywhere, too. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. with Bobby Black.
1: Welcome back to the show. Uh, we are here with Kind Bill at the Hitman Coffee Shop here in Los Angeles. So we were saying earlier about how uh, the glass community, the glass scene is inextricably linked with the dab scene. Um, most people I know, and most big uh, connoisseurs I know, have at least a somewhat nice little glass collection. I know you certainly yes. must have a pretty impressive yes. one. Tell us a about what, what you have going on in your so, vault. So I, um,
0: I collect two people primarily, um... And both, like, we were talking earlier about my buddy that gave me the butter tag and that first nail and dome, so that's John Madden. He's a, he's a very skilled artist, so I collect him pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Mike who who is kind of the OG of line work, from, you know, been around forever, he actually taught John that nail and dome tech and so also kind of like the center of why I'm here um, or, or how this turn happened for me so I collect him pretty heavy as well it gets me in some trouble um, my wife does not appreciate uh, fine glass uh, it's funny you know and now as we were just kind of like discussing um, what happens with these pieces they're amazing to me I have a million ways that I can justify there's there's endless of you know enjoyment for me to like consume this thing that I craft through a piece of art that somebody that I you know that I know put their their everything into and so now here we are at Dougie's and one of his torch tubes down there has made its way into my my brain
1: and will probably Make its way up the smoking <laughs> desk pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were saying like you know you're like I don't have a torch tube and I should totally have a torch tube. And I was thinking like I should have a torch tube. I was like I was the one who put it on the cover of High Times. You know I'm not like oh I should I, somebody should have gave me one. I'm just saying like nope. I feel like something. Oh I should totally have one of those. Like it, I, it makes sense, you know. You absolutely
0: should. <laughs> uh, so was it twenty? 2013, 2012. Do you guys remember when you did the cannabis cup in Denver? That wasn't it. Wasn't the Nash the
1: international cup? It was the first one. Um, but was it at the old venue, or old, it was the first one at the old venue? Because the Denver Mart was the newer venue. The no, one before no, that, was Ex-Do. that was Exto. That was that nightclub, right? The and, first
0: year at Exto. Okay, all right. So that was where yeah. I saw my first. That's where I met Dougie. I had a lab early. And uh, we had Had a booth in the smoking section, and like I had work with Rick. And you know, I do come from the old school, and like the day before the event, I was like, the place is gonna be full of DEA, there's no fucking way. I'm going in there and be like, we sold hash, so we sold glass. Yeah, (laughs) he just rolled in with a glass display. And put up a banner for the head shop, and uh, I probably missed the boat a little bit because. Of <laughs> that. But pretty funny. That's
1: <laughs> a, and that's that's where I met Dougie, and I saw my first torch too. Yeah, the cups, they were really cool and special for a while, like you know the Amsterdam ones especially. But then, but a bunch of them in the U.S. too that they were really like mm-hmm. went. Well, there was some cups that went very well, and, and everybody had a lot of fun, and it was really a great vibe. You know, unfortunately, other cups, not so much. But you know, right? But I, I, I say a lot since I've left High Times that I feel like I was there for like Golden Age, for like the times yeah. when it was really good. But before it stopped being outlaw, because when we started, everything we did was outlaw. Like every event we did, every photo shoot, we were breaking the law on a daily basis. Not just smoking, but you right. know, Like
0: with being exposed to that, being product.
1: exposed to all that, it's, right. it was outlawed. And, and uh, the good thing of that changing is that a lot of people will. Be able to get out of prison, and a lot of people, and that's the most important right. thing to me. Of legalization, yeah. is making sure that pe- people's lives aren't destroyed by it. That's the that's the most important thing. All the stuff about who's, ta- how much should the ha- taxes be, or who should make the money—big company, little company—that's all secondary. Yeah. It's important, but it's secondary, you know. So but the families that get destroyed. And yeah, but the yeah. flip side of that is that okay, now it's completely when it's completely accepted and completely legal and everything, and it becomes Mickey Mouse, you know, mm-hmm. disnified and all that stuff, it's not the same. Like, it's not, it'll never be the same. It'll never be because the people that were involved in it then really, really gave a fuck about it. For a real stakes, so you really had to want to yeah, do it. Yeah, it had to, to mean it. a lot to you in your life if you were going to devote your life to it, like knowing that at any moment a cop would arrest you or ra- raid your place or, you uh-huh. know, all these things. And for a lot of people, it, that's what did happen. You know? Absolutely, yeah. that, that you know, that was my experience. I, uh,
0: I, I did go to, to, to prison on a cannabis charge. I was a very young man, and you know, uh, if if I didn't handle it the way I did and wasn't very lucky, it would have destroyed my life. I, I couldn't get a good job you know, when I got out. And I had to, I had to like just figure it out and I, I made it work but I think for the statistics were something like you know less than 3% of guys my age got out of prison and got on parole and, and I managed to so I was super lucky um, and have gone and been through all of that and get to be here and be making hash on on camera and
1: the state watching me and have a license and you know it's getting so cool yeah Someone said recently, it's not the green rush, it's the green renaissance. It is. And I love that name and I love that idea because that's really what's, uh, what's happening and what's about to happen in America. I think it's going to be people who smoke weed as more and more people becomes acceptable... There's going to be a flood of creativity. There's going to be a flood of people saying, "Fuck it, I'm going to pursue my dream and fuck yep. my boring job." And that's what they're scared of, and that's what's going to probably happen, in my opinion. So, you already see it There's general, going to yeah. be art, music, like it's going to flourish, and we need that now more than anything because the this this new mainstream version of the counterculture that's about to hit in right. this country is a direct counterpoint to Trump and what his agenda is and what he's trying to do to this country. We need another 60s to combat. This Nixon had the hippies. Right. Yeah. Trump needs an army of formerly counterculture or woke people or whatever you want to call it now to be his counterpoint and call him out because suffering is the basis of most good art. Like, So right. as Trump's regime starts fucking people's lives up, they're all going to start smoking weed, and they're all going to get creative, you know? So, right. like... That's, that's what I predict happening. Trump fucking up a lot of Americans' lives, cannabis simultaneously becoming legal, and America becoming a huge... They call Right now, they're worried about the opioid epidemic. There's going to be a cannabis epidemic, but it's going to be a positive force Great. in the country. And uh, ah, it's so exciting, man. It's exciting. be as, as depressed as I am about the Trump stuff I see on the news every day, it, the walls are closing in on him and...
0: Right, you they know, always fight at the very end, the hardest, because yeah. they know they've lost, Backed right? into
1: a corner, right, right. right, right. You so, know. it's kind of... Oh, man, it's, it's crazy. I've yeah. never thought I would live to see this kind of craziness. I follow politics pretty closely. I like politics, you know, so I watch a lot of news and interview stuff, and, you know, Sarah Palin, that whole nonsense was insane. But, like, Trump took it to a whole new level. Like, the way he's just... He's so flagrant. Like, he's doing everything wrong, and he's not even, like, covering it up very well. Like, so, if we can't take this... Bozo down, and our democracy is fucked.
0: Our democracy is definitely fucked if we can't call him to account, and, and just you know, and the rampant waste and, and and like you said, flavoring you know disrespect of all tradition and decency and anything yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right on, man. Yeah, I have a segment on this show called Trumpocalypse Now. <laughs> and So this will be this week's episode of Trumpocalypse Now.
0: To ensure the security and continuing stability, I would say definitely nuclear weapons.
1: And the drugs.
0: I love the smell of in the morning This American carnage Horror, face. Stops right here must And stops right now
1: For a safe and secure society
0: So this is how liberty dies
1: supplies. Thank you. We love you. Thank you very much. Horror. Horror. So, what's on the horizon for you? What's I know you're going to be spending some time out here. Tell us uh, where do you see yourself in like 5 years or, or 2 years? Or... So,
0: my involvement in projects has definitely matured. It's changed dramatically. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty rare for me to actually make hash anymore. Um, you know, I'm running operations. So sure. I'm getting further even away from that. Now that the SOPs have been developed to the level that they are, it's more of a, you know, relationship building. And, and I want to focus on normalization, expansion of, of acceptance and, and, um, the food cannabis intersection is the thing that excites me the most right now um, that in an entertainment space is something that you know that I'm really into yeah um, on the straight like industry side uh, I have an inhaler coming that's crazy awesome uh, and I am bringing kind bill to uh, soCal I'm actually why I'm out here right now with some meetings. It. It's going very well. We've aligned with a group that produces some really, really nice cannabis. We're going to get to take the cream of the crop and turn it into live resin form. Oh, sounds awesome, man. So super exciting. Hopefully I'll get to come out and hang out with, with Rye as he uh,
1: does the food tour of, of California. Yeah, and you've been on Bang, we should mention, of course, you should, you've should. you been on Bang Appetit twice, I think, right? I have been on twice now.
0: We uh, we, we got to do um, this Turquoise issue, which is kind of Ryan Eyes I's brainchild of um, hash pairings to infuse dinners and, and fine dining. Um, and then there's a, an episode that I can't talk too much about that's mm-hmm. coming out in the fall, but, like, super exciting for me. You know, I've been buying high time since I was... 13 years old 14 years old or whatever i got you know an article that's on the that's the cover of a special issue and I've gotten to like you know talk about libraries on cable TV and now this other new thing it's super cool man um, I you know pinch myself quite frequently and I'm ready to like wake up
1: and be like this isn't really happening <laughs> but uh, because I've seen every side of it you know um, it's super awesome that's Huge. awesome man. I I'm, I'm I'm very happy that I got to play a small role in Huge. Uh, in helping make that Huge. happen for you. Uh because uh from what I've heard from everybody who knows you it says you're a legit dude and that you're a good guy. Well thank you. Cool man Well thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh we should probably have this dude come over here for a second yeah, and say hi. Me. We should mention uh in full disclosure that uh, The gentleman that we've been referring to throughout uh, this podcast, Mr. Rye Pritchard, is indeed with us in the house, seated to our left, and we'll be speaking with him very shortly as well. So stay tuned for that. And that concludes part one of our Hash Month grand finale here on Blazin'. To hear my interview with Kind Bill's partner, Rye Pritchard, of Bong Appetit on Viceland, be sure to check out part two of our Hash Month grand finale. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Black, And follow me on social media, Twitter at Bobby Black, Facebook and Instagram at Bobby Black 420. Until next time, this is Bobby Black saying, blaze on, my friends.